the right hemisphere where we store the memories of the trauma, especially the right amygdala, timeless. The left hemisphere is time-stamped. So if you have a memory that's stored in your left hemisphere, your most of your day-to-day actions, you'll be able to know when it happened. And as it gets further away in the past, you won't be as affected by it. But with emotional experiences stored in the right hemisphere, there is no timestamp. So events that happen to you when you're 3 or 12 or 20 can have just as much affect or just as much of a triggering capability as, uh, as if it happened yesterday. So um, that's one of the reasons why uh, there is no uh, way to maneuver around um, essentially or hoping that we can outlast or put behind us trauma because it doesn't go away and it doesn't lose its um, ability to create uh, damaging uh, immobilization in our lives, not just through avoidance, but it can turn into phobias and into all kinds of unconscious strategies where we will literally navigate our lives in such a way to avoid anything that makes us go back into that hypervigilant or depersonalized state. The goal of treating trauma is to integrate the memories that are lodged and dissociated or from the regular memory systems that are stored in the right amygdala, is to be able to transfer these memories from the right hemisphere, the old parts of the right hemisphere, to the frontal lobe so that we can emotionally process what happened and we can talk about what happened, so we can integrate the trigger in back into our lives. And when we do, studies show, when we begin to be able to make meaning and emotionally process and be able to co-regulate the experience by talking about it, then the PTSD response essentially over time evaporates. Um, so again, what we're trying to do is take memories, these flashbulb memories that aren't narrated and aren't emotionally processed and bring them up from the midbrain to the frontal lobe and then to the right frontal lobe first where the emotions are processed and then the left where we can turn it into a story. Very often people start to do this, interestingly enough, in dreams, in REM sleep, people will start to relive in dreams that they can recall traumatic events and they will feel themselves starting to do the action that was cut off, like run or fight or scream or whatever they couldn't do while they were in the um, uh, original trauma. The trapped action that was cut off during the freeze state they begin to experience themselves actually beginning to act out in their dream. When memories are recalled, they are actually active. And when memories are active, they can be changed. I'll give you an example. If you meet somebody at a party and you're attracted to them, over the course of the next day, you associate that, par- that person with a, pro- a possible romantic partner. But then a few days later, you, you mention that person to a friend the friend says, oh, well, that person you just referred to is dating your best friend or something like that, is dating so-and-so. 
then if you're not sociopathic, you'll go, okay, well, you'll reassign them in your mind, and you'll say, okay, no longer possible romantic partner, file under disappointment, or file under possible friend. So every, that's the fact that memories become reactive allows us to add new information to an original memory. And that's important evolutionary-wise, but it also is what allows us to essentially change the circuits that, mem that the memory of traumas, what they are, where they're wired to. So in Ledoux's lab and subsequently in other labs like Dan Siegel, what they found is that if you get somebody to talk about or relive a traumatic experience, but you prevent them from having the autonomic or the parasympathetic nervous response of freeze, where you keep them breathing out very long, smooth out breaths, so you prevent hyperventilation, you keep their shoulders relaxed, you keep their bellies soft, you're preventing the old vagal system from kicking in. When the memories are recalled, then you can change what they're wired to. They're no longer wired to the immobilization freeze response. See, we're essentially rewiring the brain. And a friend of mine who I was fortunate to, uh, in my teacher training, work with me, uh, he was doing this work with uh, vets from uh, Afghanistan where he would literally get them to, he, they would show images and play sounds that were triggering, but he would train them to relax the areas associated with the old vagal highway, the old nerve clusters that would go into the freeze response. So he could get them to physiologically relax, and then he would get them to express the emotions with their face and with feelings, and then talk in a very simple way about the, what they were experiencing. And in so doing, literally moved the trauma memory from the old memory structure of the amygdala to the frontal lobe where they could be reincorporated into their lives. So um, this is known somewhat as disconfirming or uh, it's also practiced in uh, reconsolidation. So we are going to do exactly the mindfulness practice that is associated with rewiring the brain. Now, before I lead you through this, I would like to encourage you to only work with uh, memories that you believe right now you can safely work with. If there's obviously uh, some event in your life that is too uh, either uh, intense and that you suspect you need to work in a relational uh, environment with a therapist, that's fine. Uh, and I'd be happy to talk about resources. Um, but don't try not to work with something that you suspect will be overwhelming. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Get really comfortable. And nice balance of the head over the shoulders and the shoulders over the hips. And if you 
have a tendency to slouch, your head drifting in front of your body. A simple technique is just to tilt your head a little bit up like you're looking at a very tall building or a, a cloud formation so that just tilting the head a little bit up tends to align it uh, more efficiently with the shoulders. Closing the eyes or looking down, try not to look forward even though you might practice that way. Actually, it's easier to develop somatic awareness if we're not looking forward, but just looking down or especially closing the eyes. So we'll take a few breaths together to start the practice in unison and also to deactivate the areas of the body associated with a freeze response. So Take a nice, long, complete in-breath through the nose and lift your shoulders up. If you'd like, like you're trying to touch your ears with your shoulders, and then hold them up and then breathe out through your mouth and drop the shoulders. Long out-breaths through the mouth. The second in-breath, pulling in the belly as tight as you can so it's really taut holding it as flat as you can, and then as you breathe out through the mouth, soften the belly. And for the third breath, squeeze the muscles in the face, and then as you breathe out, relax. So throughout the meditation, especially later on when we do the real uh, work with uh, wounding memories. Uh, remember to try to keep these areas of the body relaxed. Long out-breaths, released shoulders, soft belly, long out-breaths, relaxed shoulders, soft belly. Just that practice alone helps work through um, painful experiences. But at first what we're going to do is just settle the mind. So just bring into the foreground of awareness a sensation that's occurring right now. It could be sounds drifting from the street. It could be the feeling of the breath in the body. If you work with the breath, see if you can find an area where the inhalations and exhalations are very discernible. For instance, the tip of the nose, the shoulders, the chest, the belly, the back of the throat, anywhere where you feel yourself breathing in or out, and then <clears throat> count inhalations and exhalations. So think one as you breathe in and two as you breathe out. 
thinking three as we breathe in, four as we breathe out, and when we reach five, we start counting back down. So four on the out, three on the in, two on the out. Counting from one to five and back down with one, three, and five, always on the in-breath. Alternatively, you can also repeat a very simple phrase, setting an intention to develop states of inner ease. So a phrase like, may I be peaceful, may I feel calm, may I feel safe. May all beings feel peaceful, calm, safe. You don't have to use those words by any means. Be creative. Come up with a metaphrase that is resonant for you. Repeating it as often as you need to keep thoughts from grabbing hold of your attention and whisking you away from present experience. If a thought does catch you unaware and lure you off into a virtual reality that is constructed of uh, fantasies or memories and whatnot. Don't add any criticism of yourself, any self-judgment. There's no role for any self-evaluation. Simply with great appreciation of your practice, just gently bring your awareness back to the present moment and just restore in the foreground of your awareness as present time sensation, sounds, even the lights flickering behind closed eyes, the breath, a metaphrase, or any other actual present sensations.
So at this point you can release whatever you've been holding in the foreground of awareness. Just allow your mind to be open and spacious, not keeping anything at present in the foreground of awareness. Just make sure that you feel relaxed. And then bring up an event from recent experience that was challenging, unpleasant, especially if anything comes to mind of an experience where you wanted to take action but couldn't, you wanted to speak up but couldn't find the words, you couldn't, uh, you felt yourself in some way incapable of expressing your needs, you found yourself in a, almost a state of disbelief or uh, perhaps an event where afterwards you thought of all the things you wanted to have said, but at the moment you just couldn't summon either the emotional anger or the ability to stand up and leave or put words to feelings. See if anything comes to mind, no matter what we're looking for is an experience of disempowerment, freeze, immobility. So holding that memory and then see if you can feel some of the tendency in the body to want to tighten. Maybe you might feel it in the stomach or the throat or the shoulders. But what I'd like you to do instead is just continue to breathe in a very long, smooth out breath holding the unpleasant memory, but now preventing any physiological and mobility or somatic holding to happen. So just keep the shoulders heavy, the belly soft, the out-breath long, but keep the unpleasant memory, if you can, in place. Another way some people do this practice is to visualize that a traumatic event as if it's on a movie screen. But keep yourself in the theater, relaxed. So it's just a movie in the mind, preventing the breath from becoming hyperventilated or shallow, preventing the stomach from locking, the throat from tightening, the shoulders from And just keep in mind this unpleasant 
event and this time see if you can in your face feel some of the emotions that were cut off. What was it that you couldn't feel? Could you not feel anger, shock, sadness, disappointment, loneliness? Can you, in a very simple resonant sentence that's more emotional than anything else, can you summarize what happened? I was mistreated. I was hurt. I was abandoned. I was attacked. Can we transform this experience into very simple words that capture what we've experienced, what we've been through. And now see if you can release the images from this recent event and ask if there are any older experience that you feel safe enough to connect with, older images stored in the recesses of the mind associated with being mistreated, belittled, attacked, abandoned. And once again, you'll note that there might be a slight tendency to want to contract muscles, if anything comes up, to contract muscles in the stomach or the throat or the shoulders. But just keep those areas soft, breathing out, long breaths in, releasing. So the body is soft, but receiving the images, no matter how unpleasant. Creating a safe container to reconnect with these most wounded experiences of life.
and again see if we can feel the emotions that were cut off in the original experience what could we not feel anger sadness fear loneliness disappointment shock disgust there's no wrong emotional experience just having no emotion in the face of the wounding experience is what needs to be addressed no emotion is wrong And if you've reconnected with an old memory, then summarize what happened in a very simple statement. I was <coughs> hurt, abandoned, abused. Any words that are resonant and explain or capture the feeling. reclaiming these exiled parts so that we can integrate them into our experience rather than simply having them affect us having them become part of our story of who we are Finally, letting go of the images that may remain and just bring into mind now a image of yourself at a time in your life where you were vulnerable, wounded, a time that just intuitively you feel you needed the most love and the most care that wasn't available and just hold your image there and tell this part of yourself that holds so many wounds i care about you i will protect you I care about you. I will protect you. I care about you. So whenever you're ready just gently open your eyes enough to look at the ground in front of you 
and see if you can bring whatever feelings might be present, whatever body sensations might be present, see if you can bring that with you into this now different state of awareness where we are connected to both internal and external experience. 